By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Okay, hello everybody. My name's Stevie Kim and welcome to the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse tonight. It's 6 p.m. in Italy and we are right on time because you like you know that we like to be punctual. And this is our 84th episode, believe it or not, on Clubhouse. Is that right, Laika? Yes, it's right. It's 84th. Okay, I only know that because we actually did a recording yesterday. Because we are, I guess, revving up for the Vinitaly Marathon. Actually, in one week time, Vinitaly Academy flagship edition will occur exactly in one week time next Thursday. So we are doubling up on our um, clubhouse interviews. Is that correct, Laika? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, it's fine. We love doing this. Laika, of course, is our um, clubhouse manager, and she does so much work and makes sure everything is running smoothly, and she's been doing it for a very, very long time. Were you doing it from the get-go? No, not in the beginning, right? No, or, or yes? No, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we started it together, so from the first um, episode. Oh, my God, you're kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm so not you've kidding. been working with me for more than 83 weeks? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. More. I can't even believe that. Well, thank you, Laika. You've been doing a wonderful job. And, of course, we have Joy right next door. She's very, very busy because she's also working on our um, YouTube channel, which is Mama Jumbo Shrimp. By now, I see some familiar faces. Cynthia's at the office. Andre, Chiro, Pirone, Tushar. Are you coming to? Uh, and John and, and Marcello and Elena. Um, so we're going to get this started. As you know, this is what we call the Ambassador's Corner. It's more like a fireside chat style. And one of our ambassadors at Lodge, they get to choose their favorite 
quote-unquote, Italian wine producer. And they do kind of a deep dive interview for, which will last nearly an hour. When I, when we first started doing this, I was like, who the hell's going to listen to this for, you know, an hour, 60 minutes? But to my wonderful surprise, I was pleasantly surprised, um, and everybody at the office as well. These are the the um, Ambassadors Corner is actually one of our most popular shows, and one of the the most popular show actually was done by our Mister Fermented Boss, also known as Hugh Priest. And he interviewed Ariane Okipinti. I don't know how many how, how many episodes ago. And that was definitely one of our most popular shows. So check it out because all of our interviews, I know Clubhouse isn't as popular as it once was in the past, but you, we get to replay it on the podcast. That's Italian Wine Podcast, wherever you get your pods. And by the way, thank you very much all for supporting us. Uh, we've done you know three million listens just last year. It, it has been it has been really wonderful. And if you like to subscribe, just you know follow us and 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 give us a little review if you can. I know nobody does that anymore, but that would really be great. Okay, let's bring Hugh Priest on. Ciao, Hugh. Ciao, Stevie. How are you? How are you? What are you doing? I'm, I'm pretty sure you're um, standing up. You never sit. <laughs> well, right now is uh, March Madness, so I'm watching a little basketball while we... Uh... What we go through with uh, today was the kickoff of it. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Because, you know, we recently, re, uh, Hugh actually owned some restaurants. Um, how many? Three restaurants? Is that it? I uh, can't remember. That's correct. Three. Two or three? Two. Yeah, three New, restaurants. Two in New Jersey and one in California. Right. And uh, the one in Princeton, we actually did a roadshow. And I discovered that he's actually officially the president or operating partner called Salt Creek Grill Restaurants. But he never sits down. He starts his day like six o'clock in the morning, maybe even earlier. He works out and then he eats like he carries a little um, little like pouch, like like gerbils and he like with nuts and stuff. And he eats that, but he doesn't have any food all day until he goes home, right, Hugh? Hello? I will. Um, I always, I always snack throughout. <laughs> you the didn't day think we were going so to talk a, about your diet, right? I'm a, I'm a gerbil, gerbil and a hamster, I guess. Yeah, and he's incredibly energetic and and super fit. Of course, he nearly killed me when he hugs you. He's a big hugger, and um, he nearly crushed my um, ribs because I'm like old, like an old lady. Um, but um, so Hugh, of course, is our Italian wine ambassador and a huge fan of the Via community and devoted, I must say. So he's done this before. Um, you did Ariana. Did you interview somebody else? Um, I've, I've done it. I think this is my fourth or fifth interview. Oh, my goodness. I've, I have not been counting. Okay. So I might have been um, absent on some of those. Anyway, so um, so you know the drill. And you for today, you picked Viviana Kanjemi. Why did you choose her? How did you meet Viviana? I was in uh, Etna last uh, last fall, and uh, Viviana, I was introduced to uh, when I visited the winery, and she 
you know, showed us around the winery and just, you know, her personality was infectious with her enthusiasm of the family business. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I fell in love with the wines and, uh, you know, combination of the wines, the history and, and the infectious personality of Viviana. And were you on the Gita Scholastica with the Tarmina Gourmet Group or, or you went on your own? No, I was with uh, Frutecom. It was a uh, Etna Days um, tour, uh, a group of, um, I guess, educators and and wine writers. Okay. Oh, actually, like I said, you could have said this yourself. Like I said, she sent me a message on WeChat. This is uh, your third interview. The second was with Beniamino D'Agostino. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my third. Which was another popular show. Yeah. So this is actually a third, just officially. And as you know, um, so we're looking forward to your third interview. As you know, we have some learning objectives because we're pretty geeky around here. What are we supposed to expect to learn from your call today with Viviana? Well, obviously, Aetna wines are very, very popular. Um, uh, popularity is growing um, worldwide. Um, but the, the learning um, expectations is to understand the the unique terroir of Mount Etna and um, uh, Antique Venai's um, influence in, in, in the area, um, learning about the sustainability farming practices that employ, they employ, um, and gaining knowledge about the ancient winemaking traditions and techniques that they still use today. Okay, excellent. So um, I didn't say this before, but... Um, you know, Hugh is a serious businessman, but he actually is very devoted to um, studies. So he's not is only not um, Italian wine ambassador, which is the most important thing, of course. But he's also Italian wine scholar from the Guild. Um, he is an official via educator, and he launched something called Native Grapes, which is dot uh, com, which is an e learning academy, and. Um, he writes as well, right? You did some writing? I attempt to write, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. If you want to tell us about that a little bit later, then please do. So I'm going to leave you uh, with Viviana now, and I will mute my mic, which rarely happens, as you know. And then I'll come back um, maybe towards the end to see if there are any questions. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you, Stevie. Okay. Over to you, Hugh. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Um, I'm very excited to introduce um, my guest today, uh, Viviana Ganjemi um, from Etna. Uh, the winery, uh, her family winery is uh, Antique Ivanai, 1877, and she is um, fifth generation uh, winemaker. So hello, uh, Viviana. Hi, Hugh. Hi, everyone. So uh, thank you. I'm so excited about this chat. And uh, thank you a lot for inviting me. Uh, thank you, even Stevie, for inviting me. So um, before I get into the questions, uh, Viviana, can um, we learn a little bit of uh, where your, the location of your winery is uh, on Etna? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are uh, uh, we are based on the, the northern side of Mount Etna, 
So Montetna is in the eastern side of Sicily and we used to call it uh, the island into the island because of its uh, magic terroir, because it's so different from the other part of Sicily, because it's uh, basically a viticulture, a mountain viticulture. Okay, so and we have been producing wine here since uh, 1877. And uh, as you said, I'm the fifth generation of the of the family. And uh, a few years ago, I decided to start my studies in uh, viticulture and enology to improve my knowledge of wine, of course. And I think that my love for wine increased when I attended Vinitaly for the first time when I was just 17 years old. Uh, I saw a beautiful world full of business, appointments, testing, flavors. So I decided to become a winemaker and I still learn a lot every day from my father, who is a winemaker as well. So this is my lucky point. And uh, since I work in my family-owned winery, of course, I don't operate just in the cellar and in the vineyards, but uh, I manage the, the winery tours and testings, and I take care of uh, our foreign customers. And I think that uh, it is the heterogeneity of this world that makes me love the wine industry a lot. Excellent. And I appreciate um, everything you do and your tours are fantastic. I mean, that's um, what drew me into um, into this interview was your uh, infectious uh, personality talking about your family, uh, the winery, and then introducing the wines themselves um, well, as we tasted through. So um, incredible Thank job you. you're doing. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So are you ready to get into the questions? I'm sure everybody else is. Yes, yes. All right. So uh, how did the Gang, uh, Gangemi family maintain their winemaking traditions and business throughout multiple generations, you being the fifth, despite yeah. facing the challenges of economic crisis and the changing market trends uh, over the century? Well, I have to say thank you to my grandfather, Giacomo Gangemi, that is the third generation, uh, that now passed, he passed away a few years ago. Um, and despite the bad, the bad period that the wine world suffered by, for example, the methanol scandal, uh, and despite the economic crisis after the Second World War, and even despite the death of his father at the age of 18, so he remained without any figure, okay, uh, he had the strength to start over, to restart. And we, we started a very um, happy situation. So uh, as, as you remember, uh, we start uh, in an inn by selling wine by the hour. So uh, you can just stop in and ask for an half hour of wine an hour of wine and you can drink whatever you want for that time uh, so it was so funny but so the 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 nowadays happy hours are uh, are not so anything new and uh, day by day uh, the, the family increased uh, uh, four child uh, grew up and um, 
every child, every son decided to have a role in the, in the company. And, um, and then, of course, uh, like uh, in all the big families, uh, then uh, uh, someone else, someone wouldn't continue the, um, uh, this business. So my grandfather remained alone, even because uh, his, his father died when he was 18 years old. But thanks to my grandfather, we maintained some traditions like the use of big barrel uh, of chestnut. And thanks to the work of my grandfather, we had the power to rebuild a winery with all the state of the art technologies in the, uh, in the, in the 90s. Uh, that is the same cellar where we still continue to produce our wines. So my grandfather did a, a great job. He was a very forward-thinking person. Yeah. Amazing story. And, um, you know, selling wine by the hour, um, that was at your family inn, correct? Yes, yes, in my family, in my family inn, yes. <laughs> so it's truly, uh, truly happy hour, uh, the start of happy hour. Love it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... In the 1980s, um, you all, um, when you were making wine, you chose to produce quality wines rather than quantity. Um, how did this uh, transform the business and um, did it inspire other wineries in your region to um, produce the quality over quantity? Yes. Um, yes, the, the, there was this big changing. because, And I think that the reason... Uh, is due to the methanol scandal because in Italy it was a very big scandal because uh, uh, a lot of people died. Uh, so from that period, people uh, no longer trusted the wine. So my grandfather Giacomo had to change uh, direction, of course. So no more wine in bulk. Uh, he decided to invest in... Uh, in a very good winery with all the technologies possible, including filtration, microfiltration plant, bottling plant, temperature control for each tank. So uh, he created something that in the 80s in Sicily was interpreted as a, an insane action. So he was, uh, he, he was told he was a crazy man, but... Uh, he was a very, very uh, visionary person, and so he goes in the he 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 goes in the right direction, in my opinion. In fact, from that period, uh, uh, in these uh, thirty years, uh, um, now we are a lot of producers in Montetano. Instead, when we started, we were just. Uh, five wineries and nowadays we are more or less at 200 okay so things changed a lot in sicily in in etna incredible insight to make that um to make that leap for qual quality uh over quantity um and it's funny how people don't talk about um brilliant uh brilliance they always call them crazy until uh decades down the road when they see what that vision actually turns into. So you being the fifth generation um, wine producer, um, what are you taking to, what are you doing to the winery to modernize and digitalize the business 
Um, and in doing that, are you trying to preserve the family legacy with the unique character, the vol- volcanic terrain, and where their wines, you know, where the wines are being produced? Okay, well, the hardest part was uh, accomplished by, by my family. So there were very few little things left to do. But however, I think that a new and young figure in the business can refresh the brand and because it creates connection with the younger audience of, and creates a sense of affection and tenderness in the more mature audience. <laughs> yes. But anyway, the, the key steps I wanted to take uh, when I became actively involved in the winery were to create, first of all, a new website full of information that would attract uh, the wine lovers, Uh, aimed first to introducing them to the peculiarities of uh, our territory, then introducing them to our family history, and finally to the many products we produce from indigenous grapes. Because uh, I really think that uh, people nowadays want to learn, learn, learn more about what what they are drinking, what they are eating. So information was uh, my first uh, goal. And in addition to this, uh, I wanted to introduce the concept of uh, hospitality in the winery. So I knocked down the wall to involve as many people as possible to visit us and to taste our wines directly with me. That I put my hands uh, in the uh, in the wine and to give to give them the possibility to learn more and more about Etna's winemaking tradition. Fantastic, and it, it's really important to be telling the stories and focusing on the on the native grapes. I think um, I think that helps um, in today's world. You know, eat drinking what grows uh, naturally in the area. Yeah. Um, so, what challenges and benefits come with using the st- sustainability cultivation uh, methods in winemaking? Well, um, using uh, organic uh, organic methods, organic growing methods can affect uh, um, uh, not what we perceive directly, but uh, can affect the healthiness of the product. Okay, so it's very important uh, maintain a sustainable cultivation method, so organic growing method, and uh, of course uh, the um, uh, it's force us to be more careful about uh, any possible disease that might arise due to bad weather. So we have to uh, check every day, every hour the the meteor uh, to predict and to enter in the in um, in the vineyard in the correct period of time. Okay. Uh, but uh, it doesn't affect the taste of the wine. It just uh, gives uh, um, a more uh, healthy, uh, healthier product. And the sustainability practices that you're using are, are organic. Um, do you use any bi- biodynamic uh, practices? Well, no, we just use just um, uh, organic, uh, organic uh, um medicines that are not medicines but are just uh, natural 
um, like a sulfur, uh, copper, uh, just to prevent any any disease. Okay, um, so not biodynamic, uh, uh, but just sustainable cultivation. Uh, we use uh, uh, to plant uh, other pl other uh, other plants uh, into the row, uh, just to increase uh, the um, uh, the fertility of the soil. Okay, so just this. But the weather, fortunately, the weather is. Uh, uh, is very good on Montetna, so we don't suffer of uh, a lot disease. So it's uh, more or less simple to control. Excellent, thank you. Um, so, uh, in what ways does um, Antiki's traditional uh, method of production, including the use of inert uh, nitrogen, large oak, and chestnut casks for aging? Uh, contribute to the wine's unique characteristics and personality. Okay, um, the use of uh, uh, inert nitrogen, uh, for example, during racking uh, and bottling, is uh, one of the most innovative technique uh, that was introduced by my grandfather with the building of the new winery, uh, along with the microfiltration plant. So clearly. Uh, this allows uh, allows us to have a longer lasting wine because nitrogen takes the place of oxygen. So um, it gives us the possibility of limiting the oxidation in the wine. Um, and the, what we borrowed stay from tradition uh, is definitely the large oak and chestnut casks. And um, um, because uh, my grandfather um, uh, said that uh, Nerello Mascarese was a such delicate grape variety. So um, using a small barrel um, is not a good idea for Nerello Mascarese because we are going to lose uh, the delicate aroma, aromatic characteristic of Nerello Mascarese. We lose the authenticity. And uh, uh, we can remember that uh, with my uh, grandfather um, uh, 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 say uh, that Nerello Mascalese is a white shirt. So any stain, even the smallest stain, uh, would be visible because it's a very delicate grape. So Nerello Mascalese is a white shirt. Yes. Uh, this is uh, it is very delicate, um, and I do agree that the smaller barrels will um, overpower the wine's um, exactly. characteristics. Um, so I, I want to talk about the the soil now. The you know how does um, how do the thousands of years of stratifications and volcanic ash in the soil impact the flavors and characteristics of your wines? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I love the volcanic soil uh, because uh, it is alive. So this because each lava flow, each lava eruption uh, in different generation um, uh, are different in, uh, in terms of mineral composition. So the soil was enriched uh, from time to time with different minerals. And this clearly 
affect the wines in terms of minerality. In fact, volcanic wines are definitely more savory and mineral with a marked note of flint, especially in the whites. Agreed. It just gives this distinct smoky uh, minerality to, to the wines, I find, um, that, are, that just adds so much uh, depth and complexity to them. Um, how do the different uh, terroirs affect the, the taste of the same grape variety? Hmm. Well, I, I love the, the term terroir because terroir uh, means uh, is a mixture of different things. So, so it's the soil, is uh, the human, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the humans, the human tradition, is the uh, weather. So it's a mixture of all these things. And uh, Montetna is uh, full of uh, different microclimates, uh, different terroirs. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, the ripeness of the grapes changes depending on the specific terroir. Uh, for example, uh, Nerello Mascalese in the eastern slope ripens very difficulty, uh, with difficulty. So it is uh, better to produce it as a white wine, for example, for sparkling wine. Uh, or, for example, Carricante, the Carricante uh, grown in the eastern side, uh, retains more acidity. Uh, which allows which allows for light aging, and uh, compared to Caricante grown in the north, okay, which will be much more mature and with more structure, because it changed the 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 microclimate. Uh, so, how many uh, different microclimates um, would affect your your vineyards, or is it all just one microclimate? Yes, there are thousands of different microclimates uh, because uh, I don't know if uh, our audience uh, have seen, have ever seen a uh, Etna viticultural map because it is a sort of half moon from north to the east to the south. So we have the influence of the sea, of the Mediterranean Sea and um, and we have a lot, so we have a lot of different microclimates. For example, uh, in the north, in the south slopes, uh, we receive uh, one hour uh, more sunshine per day than in the eastern slope. Instead, in the eastern slope, uh, uh, we get usually five times more rainfall than the north and the south. So this clearly leads to different ripeness and different types of wines we can produce. In fact, north and the south is more suitable for red wines for long aging. Okay, so very different microclimates, even every kilometers. In fact, we used to talk about contrada, that is more or less the same meaning of crew. Uh, because in uh, in this in uh, in a same little village we have uh, different crew uh, that change a lot for this characteristic, uh, even thanks to the altitude that change a lot because we can cultivate from four hundred meters to one thousand meters, so uh, this affects a lot. 
Yes, a lot of variation between uh, between the different uh, levels above uh, sea level of planting of the grapes. So, you know, what would you say are the unique characteristics of the vines that are planted within your vineyard? Uh, well, uh, of course, uh, the um, uh, the the savory, the the minerality. Okay, the the minerality is the the uh, the best things that we can um, that we can find when we taste Etna um, uh, wine. So the minerality, sapidity, uh, that is due to the volcanic soil that is full of minerals, as we said. But uh, it's also important the elegance uh, because Etna wines are. Never have uh, intense uh, aromas, but they are every every time uh, always very delicate, and I really appreciate this kind of wine, where mm, there is uh, um, uh, a lot of smell of uh, red fruit uh, that cover uh, everything. So Etna wines are very elegant elegant and great complexity i find yeah yeah that's true so um let's talk obviously you're on a you're on a, a volcano and it's a big hill so let's talk about the steepness of of those uh of the mountain and um the dry stone walls um that are used to help terrace uh, ultimately, um, do they have an effect on the, the profile of the wine? Yeah, well, um, the steep terraces and dry stone wall are so impressive because uh, it seems they are made by hand, but sometimes they are very huge and they are made by excavator, by machine. So it's a very uh, masterpiece. I, I saw how they are built and it's, uh, wow, <laughs> I, I couldn't do anything about. So, uh, but these, the, the terraces and the dry stone walls uh, are built uh, uh, just to make uh, a very steep soils uh, cultivable. Otherwise, uh, the steepness uh, couldn't allow us to, uh, to plant. So, uh, what affect the wine is um, just the, the volcanic the volcanic soil, the composition of the soil, okay? Yes, uh, those walls are very impressive. Um, and the, you can really see the difference between the, the man-made and, the, um, and the, the ones that use the machinery to, um, to, to build them up. Uh, but it's so impressive. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. So, um, so let's talk about the experience of five generations um, cultivating this land. Um, how does it contribute to the quality and character of the wines produced uh, in your region? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the experience accumulated over the centuries um, allows us to understand which areas are best suited for the cultivation of a grape variety for a specific 
type of wine. Okay, so for example, we would never plant a Nerello Mascalese in the Eastern Slope to make excellent red wine for long aging. Okay, because uh, we know that in that specific area, it doesn't reap very well. So, um, uh, and uh, what's more, uh, our accumulated experience uh, now allows us to play around. So, uh, we experiment year year by year uh, with less classic blend, such as in the in the last uh, uh, three years ago. Uh, we produced uh, a new blend of Nerello Mascalese in white and Caricante that uh, no one has done before. Uh, in fact, uh, it, it is not in the Etna DOC disciplinary because uh, mm, it is not allowed more or less, but we can do it. We, we experiment and it is a very great wine, in my opinion. So we like to yeah, play... Yeah. And what do you call this wine? Uh, nero su bianco. So black and white. <laughs> because it's from Nerello and the white Carcante. And was this the wine we, we tasted where, with the uh, prickly pear? Uh, no. With the prickly pear, we tasted the uh, sparkling. The Nerello Mascalese in white. Sparkling. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. A very fantastic wine berry. A very strange wine berry. It was actually very good. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the winery, the the soils, the, the mm -hmm. terroir. So let, let's talk about the wine. So you produce sparkling and still yeah. uh, red and white. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your your wines. And, and I know there are um, a number of award-winning uh, wines in the portfolio, but let's talk about your, your start with your sparkling. Yeah. Um, we have been producing sparkling wine for more than 30 years. So when we build the winery, um, we start to produce even sparkling because to produce sparkling, we need a, a good technologies uh, because we produce both uh, the Charmat method and the classic method. But to produce the Charmat method, you you need uh, a lot of technology, even for the for bottling. Uh, you need to maintain the pressure, so um, it's a little bit complicated. And um, we produce the Nerello Mascalese uh, as a white wine. And then uh, we, we do the second fermentation for, with the Champenoise method and the Charmat method. But for, with the Charmat method, we, we age for at least six months on yeast. Instead, with the Champenoise method, we are going to... Um, to play, to play, because uh, um, uh, we we have been producing for ten years uh, um, uh, Champenoise method with uh, forty eight uh, months uh, of aging on East, but uh, this year we are going to release the sixty months on East aging uh, that will be released uh, brut nature, so without. Uh, no sugar, with no sugar, and it's uh, incredible because uh, the more you age on the yeast, uh, 
the the creaminess of the of the bubble increases so it's wonderful and uh, we love to to pair the sparkling wine with uh, uh, for example fruits uh, with um, fries uh, and uh, with uh, with all the meal so no no sweets please <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Chris, when do you release that uh, 60 month? Well, uh, I think this summer. Yes, this summer. But maybe I'm going to take some bottle without the label uh, this in Italy. So if you want to to taste, uh, <laughs> uh, we can do we can do a testing. <laughs> Excellent. Either that, or I'll come by uh, in the summertime and come visit. Well, I. I I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so let's talk about um, your Caracante and your whites. Yes. So we produce uh, a classic blend of Caricante and Catarratto for the Etna DOC white. And we produce it from the northern, northeast side. And uh, here, the uh, thanks to the weather, the... Um, the Carricante ripen very, very well. So we obtain a full maturation. That means that we will have a very um, structured white wine. So with a good acidity, but full bodied. Instead, uh, if, you, if you taste uh, the Carricante from the eastern side, uh, there you can find a uh, um, Carricante, an Etna white uh, that is uh, uh, suitable for a light aging. It's more mineral, more uh, with more acidity. So it's a, it's quite different. Instead, we produce it in the north, so it's uh, more strong. And uh, we also use the Carricante, as we said, in the blend uh, with Nerello Mascalese in white. That is uh, not bad. <laughs> I invite you to taste yes, again. <laughs> yes, ab absolutely. Um, so you you have an award winning red um, that I'd love uh, our listeners to to learn about. Uh, the the key. Uh, I hope I'm coine. Yeah, coine. coine. Yes, I was going to crush it's that my name. Favorite. Uh, so thank you for your help. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yes, yeah, so it was it was pretty excellent. Yeah, it's it's my favorite because um, uh, it's a Reserva and uh, in, in Etna DOC Reserva, you, sh you have to age for at least uh, four years, so like, uh, for the Barolo, like the Barolo, okay? So uh, we usually stay in the big uh, casks of chestnut and oak for at least two three years depending on the on the vintage and then we stay at least one year in the in the bottle so we obtain a very strong red but with soft tannins uh, because of the of the aging so uh, and this this wine comes from Annarello Mascalese and Narello Cappuccio mm, from uh, very old vines in two 
little vineyard, one in the north and one in the south. And uh, the harvest uh, is usually in uh, mid-October, late October. Uh, and is a grape full of structure, full of, full of color. And is very good for long aging. For example, we uh, I led a uh, uh, vertical tasting the last year uh, of uh, Etna Reserva from the from the vintage 2006, 2007, 2008, and was uh, excellent. Was excellent, really. So it's uh, amazing. Incredible, and that, and you said that's a blend of the Mascalese and Cappuccio. Um, yes, is that a, is that always the same percentage each year, or do you all play with the percentages? Yes, uh, we usually play. We usually play with the percentage uh, because the Nerello Cappuccio give the intensity of the color because the Nerello Mascalese is very delicate in color. It's very light, uh, light purple. Uh, instead, the Nerello Mascalese give uh, more intensity and uh, even it gives uh, good notes uh, of um, cherry, of uh, little red fruit. Uh, so we, uh, we play with, uh, with the um, uh, blending. So you said the Coine is your favorite. So um, yeah. <laughs> with your favorite wine, what, what food are you going to pair with this? Well, of course, I, I love cheese, all the cheese, but uh, uh, it's very good with a mature peppery cheese, of course, from Sicily, and the prosciutto crudo, of course. It's lovely because this kind of wine is uh, uh, a wine for chatting, uh, for meditation, uh, but it's good even with gamay, with uh, roast beef, uh, but I like more for aperitif, <laughs> a very strong aperitif. <laughs> I was about to say, it's a pretty strong, pretty strong start to the evening. Let's talk about climate change um, mm -hmm. in the environment and the, the impact it's had on, on your winery and, and the region. Yeah, uh, well, Sicily in this two year, is suffering a lot uh, because uh, we the in the last uh, in the last season we didn't have a drop of rain from April to August, so the grapes were like sun dried. Was uh, I was scared a lot, but at the end in August we have uh, a very good rainfall, so. Uh, it uh, it went it went well, but uh, the climate change uh, that we are experiences uh, experiencing uh, primarily affect uh, the success of uh, planting new vines, because of course a small plant needs uh, so much water, and um, uh, instead the mature plants all old vines uh, already have uh, very long roots so they are able to absorb water deeply and in Mount Etna the, the, the soil of, uh, of Mount Etna in the deep in the in the depth uh, are very full of water so no problem for old plants uh, but uh, 
for new plants uh, is a big problem. Yeah. Could only imagine the challenges for, for new plants with, with the lack of water. Um, yeah. So um, let's talk about special projects in the works. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any special projects in the works? And if so, you know, can you tell us about it or is it top secret? Uh, no, yes, I can talk now. <laughs> because uh, in these uh, four years, yes, uh, when I start to work in the, in the family business, we start to uh, the restoration uh, of a vineyard that, that was submerged by the 1879 lava flow. A uh, very, uh, very bad lava flow that destroyed everything because it arrived until uh, uh, 600 meters above sea level where we have the cellar. Uh, of course, the cellar was built after the eruption, fortunately. <laughs> and But the, the vineyard that we have that we had uh, was submerged by the by the lava so um, of course uh, after the lava we cannot plant uh, because it's uh, unfertile in fact um, we usually call it shara shara is an arabic terms uh, to uh, to define an unfertile soil in fact, uh, the, the terms shara, you can hear it uh, a lot um, when, you, when, you, when you talk about ethanol wine. So the shara is uh, unfertile and to um, naturally to become again uh, fertile, uh, we should wait uh, more or less 500 years. So, of course, uh, we want to speed the process. And uh, we started this laborious and expensive job, really expensive, but worth it because the the here the um, the weather is uh, fantastic for the production of red wines. And what we did is uh, thanks to the to the excavators, we removed the lava. We dug for fertile soil that come from uh, much older lava flows. And uh, we insert lava stones for drainage, and then we cover it with fertile lava soil. So now we are uh, finally planting new Nerello Mascalese and Carricante. And the Nerello Mascalese uh, is almost ready for the production of my, my crew that will be released, uh, I think, in two or three years. Uh, the crew feudo di mezzo that is the uh, little contrada where we are um, yes the other project we we said that will be released uh, in the in this month uh, that will be the uh, the champenoise method the etna doc sparkling wine with 60 months of aging and so these are our projects pretty exciting so so the the vineyard that you just spoke about um and those vines are already uh three or four years old that you're working with yes yes okay so that that's pretty cool so it'll be another three years before we get to taste it exactly yes (laughs) all right so you know um 
that kind of uh, wraps up my questioning um, for today's uh, call. But um, we could do fun facts about your winery or we could answer any questions that anybody out in the audience might have. Yeah. If if someone wants to, to ask something, I'll be happy to, to answer it. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm back with my special effects. Viviana, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And um, of course, you. Uh, we have a few minutes. Um, I don't see any questions from the audience, but of course, I always have questions, thousands of them. And mm -hmm. I like the idea of going back to a little bit of the fun facts. Can you just, I mean, we spoke about a few of your wines, but can you, I see that you have three um, sparkling wines. Is that correct? Yeah. Three labels? Yes. And then yeah. you have, I see on your website, 3, 6, 9, 12, 13, 14 other mod, bot, uh, labels? Yes. So total, you have 17. Is that correct? More or less, yes. Okay. Yes. And what is the production? Can you give me a little bit about, you know, in terms of volume in production for, for your wine? Just yeah. to contextualize a little bit. How of big course. is your winery? Yeah, so um, we are a small winery compared to the rest of the world, but in the in the Mount Etna, we are quite medium, yeah, because we produce uh, 300,000 bottles, but from Etna, just uh, 100,000 100, bottles. Um, then, of course, we can uh, cultivate... Uh, uh, vines uh, um, uh, after the the the, the limits of Etna, you see, so we produce even uh, IGT or Sicilia Doc uh, wines. Mm -hmm. So, if uh, how long have you been working uh, in the wine in the family business, Viviana? Uh, four years because I graduated. Uh, in You're still a baby. Yes, I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, I can see that by your, your Instagram page. So you've been working with the family for about four years. Yes, right? yes. And do you have any wine training? Uh, yes, yes. I have a degree in uh, viticulture and enology. Oh, so you're an enologist? Yes, I'm a webmaker, yes. Yeah, okay. It's excellent. And um, I've seen some pictures. I think you're with your dad, but... Um, I see some other men. How big is the company and what is the team formation like? I see some other men around you. I don't know if they're part of your family. Yes. If, you, if your uh, sibling works, if your brother works in the family. Have you got any brothers and sisters? Uh, yes, I have just a sister, but she chooses uh, uh, another, uh, the, the, the music. So she's a just singer, but she helped me uh, during the wine tasting uh, by singing. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Anyway, uh, yes, we um, we are a small winery, so we are just in seven, four in the in the cellar, the others in the in the in the offices, and uh, beside me there is my grandfather, my father, and uh, my uncle. Is he the one with the glasses or the other one? Uh, maybe they are both with the glass, <laughs> but the, uh, those uh, that one with the glass, the 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 glass, the um, yes, the with, uh, with the glasses, yes, uh, is my father. 
is okay. my father. Without okay. glass. Uh, is, Probably uh, is your uncle. My uncle, yes. And how but, are the, the roles divided? Well, my, my father is a, a winemaker as well. Okay. And uh, my, my uncle is uh, uh, just the director, director of the, um, uh, the economic director. Okay. I don't know. So what, which, which wine would you say? I know you have, so you have 17 labels. Which wine is your signature wine, if you were to choose one? I know they are all like your children, but which yeah. wine most represents um, Antiki Vinaya? Uh, of course, the Koine, the Etna Reserva, okay. and uh, the, the Champenoise method, I guess, the... The forty-eight, because that's quite unusual, right? To uh, to have sparkling wines from Etna. Yes, but uh, since we can cultivate from four hundred meters uh, to mm -hmm. one thousand meters above sea level, we can uh, uh, decide uh, uh, which area is best is better to to produce uh, white wines from red instead of uh, red. For long aging, so in the highest part of the volcano, we usually picked the Nerello Mascalese for the the sparkling, or in so, the eastern side. So I see that you have the coine. Uh, How do you say it again? Coine. 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 Okay, coine. Uh, I saw that you were in London recently, right? Doing a portfolio tasting. Yes. 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 Okay. We, so how do how do um, how does that get um, proposed to the market? And like, how do you fit yourself? How do you position your wine, Coine, with other other um, competitors? Because it's quite new, right? Uh, well, we produce this wine. Uh, the first vintage is the nineteen ninety four. Okay. Yeah. So, so people know uh, it's been well established for some time. Yes, yes. It's a, a quite uh, not famous, but is uh, our pillar. Uh, yes, our one of the best products. And uh, of course, we 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 give it uh, when someone wants something. Uh, very structured uh, um, a wine to for meditation, as I said before. Yeah, for meditation. I love the yeah. Italians say that for meditation. Yes. Yeah. for chatting. <laughs> uh, so during this chat, we should yeah. have uh, a glass of coinet. <laughs> it just means they want to drink. You know, don't bother me. I'm enjoying my drink. Um, all right. Listen, it's I, I, we are coming um, to a close because it's nearly 7 o'clock. I actually have yeah. another call. But yeah. thank you so much, Viviana. Um, Hugh, did you want to say something else? Um, well, one, I, I want to thank everybody, especially Viviana and, and Stevie and Laika for putting this all together. Um, but I also wanted to just... Um, tell you about the picture um, that I posted as my cover. It's, it's three generations of the family. It's um, Viviana, I think that's your grandmother, your yes. and your uncle. Yes. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh. I can't really see. You mean your avatar? Uh, yes, my avatar. They're so small. Oh, yeah, that's why I couldn't see. Okay. I thought it was a wine label. 
Oh, you just changed it. I did. I just changed it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, that was a wine label before. Okay. It was. It was oh, a, okay. That's so nice. And and I do love the Bolognese uh, sparkling and the rosé is pretty, pretty uh, magnificent as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to taste it. Exactly. This in Italy, please uh, come, come when we can taste everything together. Yeah, Hugh, are you around? You're staying till Vinitaly? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I am ah, here you. through April. Yes, right. My name's very confusing. Sorry, Viviana. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm there till April. <laughs> I'm there till April third. So I, I leave on the morning of April third, but um, I'll be attending Vinitaly on uh, Sunday. Okay, and of course you're going to be coming to um, Five Star and opera Five wine. Stars, yeah, and Opera Wine and all of that good stuff. So I'll see you very, very soon. Viviana, hopefully I'll get a chance to come and uh, visit you. The uh, During yes, Vinitaly, actually, everyone's like, let's meet at Vinitaly. Uh, the only problem is I get a little bit busy during Vinitaly, so that is actually the worst time for me, but you never know. Uh, if yeah. not, definitely next time I come back to Etna. Uh, I haven't been to your winery yet. I'd love to come for a visit. Please, please. You are you are welcome. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. And that is it. Um, Laika, come back up and tell us what's happening next. Okay. <laughs> next week. Um, so there's going to be on March 21. Um, so it's Wayne Young. I'm going to co-moderate with him for the first time. Um, so he will be interviewing Cora Basilicata with, uh, from Le Due Terre. So that's it. Who's interviewing who? Wayne Young. is going Oh, to Wayne Young, Wayne Young. Yeah. Okay, of course. Okay. And is that it before the before Vinitaly? Yes, that's it. So we've covered okay. the Vinitaly Marathon from there. Okay, and then we will be um, shut down for Vinitaly Marathon. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. We will be. Yeah, because I'll be busy. Otherwise, like you'll have to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. Alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Once again, here we go. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.